Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. Would you please make Pastor Bill feel as welcome as you make me feel every single Sunday? God bless you guys. Pastor Bill, we're glad you're here. Check, check. Good morning, good morning. morning. Cabaret Chapel, South Bay. I'm uh, blessed to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, Count this a real privilege. Uh, Some of you guys know uh, this is the first church I walked into uh, when I gave my life to the Lord. The friend that led me to the Lord when I was 19 years old was attending here, uh, my buddy Curtis. And uh, when I told him, when I finally, the conviction hit me that um, I needed Christ, that I was going to hell without him. Uh, I, I called him. I said, bro, I, I want to get saved. I wanna, I'm ready. And he said, uh, well, wait till Sunday. I'll take you to church. <laughs> and uh, him, him and his wife brought me here on a Sunday night. I don't know who preached. Uh, I literally came to church to get saved, and uh, I, I came, I gave my life to the Lord, amen. Somebody was prayed with me and gave me a little sermonette on counting the cost that I needed, and uh, I was off to the races, so this is, uh, this is special to me. I'm blessed to be here with you guys, and I'm going to open up with a word of prayer. We're going to get to God's word, amen? amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing love for each one of us, God. There's none like you in all the earth. God, as we open up your word, we believe that it's living and powerful, that through your word you speak to your people. God, I pray you would do just that this morning, God, that you would speak to us through your word. You know every person here. You know the things that are running through our minds, the things that are heavy on our hearts. God, I pray as we read through your word, because it's alive and powerful, that you would speak to us things that we need to hear from you. Have your way in your church. Have your way among us this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 If you guys will open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, we're going to cover verses 11 through 19. Uh, Titled the message this morning, Wants versus Needs. And uh, we're going to see some, we're going to meet some men in this text, 10 men that wanted desperately to be healed of a disease that they had. Um, And that's what drove them. That's what drove them to Jesus. But we're going to see that they had a need that was even deeper than that. And so um, as you guys turn there, Luke 17, verse 11, when you get it, say, got it. All right. Y'all talk back over here at South Bay a little bit because we we rowdy in Inglewood. They talk back. All right. So just want to know if y'all going to talk to me a little bit. All right. Luke 17, starting at verse 11, it says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read through all the verses real quick and then we'll, then we'll go through it. Is that good? Yeah. All right. So follow with me. Luke 17, 11. Now what happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. 
And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And so, Lord, I pray you would add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and obeying of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in our text today, again, we got 10 men. Uh, you, you know, that, that have a, they have a need or they have a desire, a want from something they want from God desperately. And this is what causes them to go to the Lord. And I want you to consider this maybe before you knew the Lord, who, who remembers praying when you didn't even know God? Anybody? Isn't that amazing? I, I can think back to when I didn't, I didn't know God. I wasn't a Christian. I had no relationship, no commitment. However, when I was in a jam, I used to pray. Um, I've been, in, I've been, I've been with police behind me. I was all of a sudden, I, I'm, I, I know how to pray, you know, like I, I, I would, I learned how to pray in that moment. And, uh, I remember being in school and, uh, I was at a Catholic school and I remember doing this. Um, anybody remember Scantron tests? Okay. So we would get Scantron tests. I wasn't, I wasn't the most diligent of student. And, um, I remember a, a couple of times doing this and God, I'm going to just bubble in every, whatever I, if you're real, if you're real, when I get this back, if it's an A, then I know you're real. And I, I got back the F I deserved. And God was like, you're not playing with me, fool. You know what I'm saying? So it's not how it works. But, um, but I, I, I want to point out that, that when we don't know the Lord, we don't sometimes know uh, all that's available through him. Amen. And I think these guys here in a desperate situation, let's look at them. Verse 11 of Luke 17, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. I want to point this out, right? Jesus could have went anyway. Normally, Jews would have avoided a path that went through Samaria because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other, right? But Jesus wasn't like that, right? Jesus, Jesus did not have an issue with the Samaritans. I think he went through there on purpose. And I just want to point this out to you and me that Jesus goes where lost people are. Amen. He goes where the religious people won't go. And he came to me and he came to you. And you need to remember that because we got to stop waiting for people to come to us or come to church. We got to be willing to go where lost people are too. Amen. Jesus could have took any path. Jesus is God. He knows everything. He took this path through Samaria as he went, uh, as he was going his way. Verse 12 says, then he, as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. So you got 10 men in, in a time when leprosy was for them, a, it was a disease that was going to be ultimately fatal. Um, but it, it, leprosy is not really something we deal with today. So for you guys that don't know, I don't want to gross you out on Sunday morning. Uh, I could, I could really get deep. I, I, I nerded out on leprosy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give y'all the PG version of leprosy. Just some book information for your information this morning. All right. Leprosy was an unattractive skin disease for which the Bible had prescribed quarantine. Uh, in Leviticus 13 and 14, we get all the rules of dealing with someone that has leprosy. 
um, they were quarantined from the rest of society. Uh, and although the Bible does not go as far as some of the Jewish teachers, um, the Jews believed if you had leprosy, it was a punishment from God. Because there were times in the scriptures where God punished people with leprosy. If you guys remember Moses' sister Miriam was talking smack about Moses. Y'all remember that? Miriam, he, he, had, he, had, this little, he had this little chocolate, he had an Ethiopian honey. Uh, and... She had something to say about it, and God hit her with some leprosy. So uh, you can go back and read that for your own benefit later. But um, no, so because of that, a lot of times the Jews, would, they, they thought that every time someone had leprosy, this was punishment from God. Not necessarily the case, um, but that's how you would have been treated in Jewish society if you were a leper. That, you know, not only are you, you know, medically you need to stay away from me because you have a communicable disease, but also you are in disfavor with God. And so they were treated a certain kind of way. Um, And probably the worst thing about leprosy, it was forbidden to touch a leper and they couldn't worship. They were ceremonially unclean. And so oftentimes lepers had to live in leper colonies with other lepers. Um, where they had to go. That's probably why these 10 men are together. They have to stay away from everybody else. If you're a leper and somebody's coming down the street, you got to go on the other side. You got to yell out unclean so people know not to get too close to you. Um, and so it was a, a messed up disease, right? Something that if I were living in that time, I wouldn't want it. Um, it brought separation. And it's probably the worst part about it, right? If you were, a, let's say prior to catch, getting leprosy, you were a husband and a dad. Well, you were now separated from your wife and kids because you don't want them to get it, right? So it took you away from your family. Um, let's say you were part of the community, which most people were. Well, you got to get out of the community. You're taken away from your community. Nobody can get close to you except other lepers. You can't go to the house of the Lord and worship. Um, you're ceremonially unclean. You can't go. Um, and so that would have been a really bad state of life to live in. Now, I was trying to think of, is there anything like that for us? Not too long ago, we had something called COVID going around. I don't want to. I don't want to stir up no bad. Some of y'all might still have COVID PTSD. Um, but I remember I had a chronic cough throughout COVID. It had nothing to do with COVID. But if you cough, people looked at you like you shot them. Like I, I'm at the store and people look back like, "How dare you coughing in my vicinity?" And you know, I, I, I hope it never comes back. But but anyway. Uh, I, I want to bring I, I want to bring more of a, a, a different connection for us because I see some similarities between leprosy and sin. And if you're a note taker, you can write these things down. I got four of them. Leprosy and sin are are, are, are they, they, there's some close relationship between the two, right? Number one, leprosy like sin brings separation. Leprosy like sins brings separation. Isaiah fifty nine. Verse 1 and 2, it says, The Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but it's your sins that have separated between you and your God so that he will not hear you. Amen? So sin like leprosy separates. Number two, sin like leprosy is highly contagious. If you hang out with a leper, you're going to catch it. If you hang around sinners, you're going to catch it. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good character. Amen? Matters who you hang out with. So sin uh, brings separation. Uh, Sin is highly contagious. Uh, Like leprosy, sin leads to death. 
Leprosy was a disease at that time. This was spoken. There was no known cure. The only way to be healed or cured of leprosy was for God to heal you. It had to be a, a supernatural touch from the Lord. I'm getting ahead of myself. But leprosy led to death, just like sin. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. That's where sin will ultimately end up at. The payday for sin is death, not just physical death, but spiritual death. Separation from God for all eternity in a place God created to torment Satan and the demons that fell with him that we call hell. Lastly, number four, sin like leprosy can only be cured by a touch from God. There was no medical cure for leprosy in this day other than God touching them. And there's no way to be saved from your sins unless you receive a touch from Jesus Christ. Amen. You got you to come to faith in the person of Jesus Christ. You need to be washed in the blood of Christ. Now, outside of that, there's no way, there's no other way to deal with our sin. And we'll talk about that more later. But I want to just bring that connection for us so that we don't read the story and think, so what? I'm, I, lepers, big deal. You know, we, we don't have that. We got a, we got a vaccine for that today. Um, there ain't no vaccine for sin. Amen? So I just want to bring it home for you. All right. <laughs> so we got these 10 men who are lepers. And they stood afar off because they had to, because that's what the law uh, required, that they had to stay far away. And so verse 13, it says, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So one, these guys lift up their voices. They yell. They're loud. They don't sound embarrassed, do they? These guys are like, they, I believe that these guys saw Jesus coming. They knew, they believed that Jesus could do something for them, that Jesus could heal. Here is their moment. Here is their opportunity. The one that they've heard of healing the blind and, you know, multiplying fish and loaves is coming down the road. And they're saying, this is our chance. And they, I would, I mean, I don't want y'all to, you know, I, wanna, I don't want to get y'all too rowdy, but I want you to think about how you might yell if you had a, a, a disease like they did and you saw the only hope you know of is walking down the street, they, I, I believe that they, they, they turned up, y'all. They yelled. They, they were, it says, with a loud voice, um, they yelled and they, they said, Jesus, they called him master and they asked him that he would have mercy on them. Jesus, you're the master. Would you have mercy on us? And um, that's it. would you guys agree that's a pretty simple request? That's a simple prayer request. Some of y'all be getting fancy with your prayers, speaking in King James, Elizabethan English. Uh, <laughs> these fellas said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Remember, you can keep it real in your prayers. That's just that's for free. Somebody needed to hear that. All right. So they yell out to the Lord, and and this is what they want, right? They want to be healed. That's what they want, and I understand that that's what they want. They want to be healed. Um, I would want to be healed if I were them. And this is what they cry out. But I want you to remember this because the same fervor and passion that they had in asking for a miracle, they need to keep that same energy if they get it. And, and some of us need to remember that. Sometimes the faithfulness, the passion, the fervor we have when we want something, need something from God, um, it, something happens after we get it. And, um, and I want to remind us that that's, that's not how it's supposed to go. Uh, I need to show back up with that same passion. Anybody ever had somebody that wanted something from you and they just, they, they stayed around all the time. They always call, how you doing? I just, I just checking on you, but they wanted something from you. And then once they got what they wanted, they was gone. 
And, you know, uh, if somebody borrows money from you and, 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 and before borrowing it, they're always around. They're always calling. They're always talking. Now it's, it's time to pay me back. I, I, they, are they alive? You know what I mean? I ain't seen them. I ain't heard from them. Um, don't do the Lord like that. Don't do the Lord like that. So um, they lifted up their voices. They've yelled out. They've, they've, they've made their requests to the Lord. Verse 14, it says, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And, and I had a few thoughts here. One, these people, um, they, these, these lepers, they, had, they were in a colony. Just, they, they probably watched people pass by every day, all the time. Watch people come, watch people go. But when they saw Jesus, they knew that this is, he's not like anybody else. This isn't, this isn't, he, we're not finna just let him pass by. We need to arrest his attention because there's something he can do for us. There's something we need from him. And I want to challenge you to consider this, right? If, what is there in your life today? If you had an opportunity like this, I am, I have an opportunity. I got the Lord in front of me that can do anything what is it that you would ask of the Lord today? What's your prayer request this morning? What's your pressing need this morning? What's the thing that, that nobody else could do it but the Lord? We need, we need things from God, you guys, that only God can do. And what is that for you this morning? What is the thing that you would look at? Somebody said, if God, if God asks you, you know, blank check, what can I do for you this morning? What would you say? And I want to encourage you to write that down. Write down, what's your, what's your request? What's the thing that you need from the Lord or you, you, you believe that, God, I need you to do this in my life? Write that thing down. These guys took that, that moment, they took that opportunity um, to cry out to the Lord. And again, verse 14, he, it says, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And I, I love this. I, it, it says, when he saw them, um, I, I think it's so cool that Jesus being God, that he, he made time for these guys. He saw them. Anybody ever seen like your Hollywood stars or your, your athletes when they come out and there's just throngs of people, you know, with papers and pens trying to get an autograph. And these guys just got to walk through like they don't see nobody, you know, because they probably tired of it. Right. It happens everywhere they go and they walk through like they don't see anybody. I love that Jesus doesn't do that because they did this to Jesus everywhere he went to. And everybody's bringing sick kids and demon-possessed nephews. And, you know, uh, <laughs> they bring they bringing everything. They're running out in the streets with, you know, with, with, with cripples and everything else, running to them. And it just says when he saw them, he had time for this. Right? You, you, your Savior, your God, your he, he got time for you. And when you cry out to him, he sees you. And he hears you. And that's, that's such a, a blessing and a benefit to having a relationship with the Lord that you can arrest God's attention anytime you want through prayer. And when you do, he sees you and he hears you and he cares about what's going on in your heart. And he is the one that can do, he's the only one that can do something about what we're going through. Amen? And so we, we need to take advantage of the access and the privilege of, if you're a believer this morning that we have to the Lord. And so uh, it says, when he saw him, um, he gave him a command and I want you to know this is an interesting command because he says, go show yourselves to the priest. He told them to do what healed people do, but they're not healed yet. Right. In Leviticus, the, you can read Leviticus 13 and 14 for all the rules concerning the lepers, but it broke down like this. If you were a leper and somehow you got cleansed or healed of your leprosy, you had to go show yourself to the priest. The priest would verify that you've been cleansed. 
And you would give an offering and then you could enter back into society. You could enter back into worship and all the things that you've been excluded from. The priest would declare you clean and you'd be able to go back in. So Jesus tells them, go show yourselves to the priest as though they've been healed. But they haven't been healed yet. But it says he told them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it was as they went that they were cleansed. As they obeyed in faith, they received the healing that only could come from the Lord. And I think there's something really important about that. Um, Throughout scripture, God tells people to do things they can't do. God told the man with the, the withered hand, he said, stretch it out. And it would have been easy if he said, I can't. It's messed up. You see it. Look at it, you know. But, but it was as he went to do what God said, do that, the ability to, he found out, wow, I'm healed. Right? These guys, Jesus said, go, go show yourself to the priest like you healed at my word. And as they went to do what God told them to do, they were cleansed. Um, I believe that this is it's an example here that I hope will be helpful to some people because I know there are believers here that struggle to do some things that God has called us to do. And I want you to think about it here. If you're, if you're here today and you're a believer and you got struggles, I want you to think about what you struggle with. What are you battling with as a Christian? What are you having a hard time? Where, where in your walk in your life are you having a hard time obeying God's command, obeying what God called you to do? I want, I'm going to tell you how it works because everything that you need to be the man or woman that God has called you to be, you already have it if you're a believer. You don't need another book. You don't need a series. You don't need a, uh, you don't need a, you don't need a line of deliverance line. Everything you need to be everything that God has called you to be. If you're a believer, you have it right now. And so God has given every believer the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not an essence. It's a he. The Holy Spirit is he is God. There's a third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit. And when you put your faith in Jesus, God said the Holy Spirit is going to come dwell inside. He's going to dwell with you. You know why he does that? Because we would never be holy without him. We need help. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Spirit moves in and he cleans house. God moves inside and now there's conviction against sin. There's a, there's a, there's a leading to do new things, new desires, you know, new, you, you desire church now. You desire worship. You desire to read the Bible. You didn't desire any of those things when you were spiritually dead. But when you become spiritually alive, the spirit of God inside you gives you new desires and new things. And so here's how it works. Let's say, you know, uh, you're struggling with a substance abuse issue. Maybe you're maybe you struggle with lying in here today. Maybe you're, you're you maybe you steal and you st- you struggle with stealing stuff today. Uh, whatever it is that you battle with, struggle with, you got God's word that told you, you know, let's say you're, uh, let's say it's alcohol. Um, we have God's word that tells us don't be drunk with wine. Amen. Y'all agree. Did y'all get drunk over here with <laughs> talk to me. Okay. It's a drunk church. Okay. God said, don't get drunk. He said that. Right. Um, and so, so here's the thing, right? The, the, the command to not get drunk is the, that's the power. And here's how it works. God works in cooperation with you. I often, I used, to, I, used to, I used to, in my immaturity as a new believer, I used to pray for God to take things away from me. I'm like, God, take that away. Take away my anger. Take away my selfishness. Take away my pride. Take away, and I had to learn, eventually, God was like, that's not how it works, son. Right? You, you asking me to take it away. I, I told you to give it up. And I want you to think about that, right? 
let's say a husband is cheating on his wife. And he says, wife, take away. Man, I, I want you to make me stop looking at other women. She's saying, love me enough to stop looking at other women. Well, <laughs> I put your eyes out, Jack. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's like asking her to take away. That's not hers to give or take. The Lord didn't give you that issue. You got that on your own. And so God says, look, I'm calling you to repent of it. But what I will give you is power to do it. So when you make the choice, you decide, you agree with God, it's wrong. And I'm choosing to obey. As you walk in the direction of choosing to obey, God says, I'm going to provide the power. I know you don't have the strength. I know in your own strength you cannot do this. But as you obey, as you choose to obey me, start walking like you're going to obey me. Start acting like that's what you're going to do. God says, you're going to find new strength. You're going to find new strength. And so, you know, when, 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 when I first gave my life to the Lord, my first battle was alcohol. And I can tell you guys, I, I never planned to not drink alcohol. The guy that led me to the Lord, if he had said, you can't be drinking every day and be a Christian, I would have said, well, then I, just stop right there. Because that's <laughs> this is what I do, you know. Um, I, I couldn't envision my life without alcohol. But as I got saved, the first time the, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, I was standing over my stove mixing a drink and God said, you don't even need a drink right now. You're just doing this out of habit. And I was, it was so clear. I poured out a whole fifth of gin. I poured out all the beer in my fridge and I just said, I'm a, I'm a test guy. I poured everything out and said, now if I, if, if it hits me real hard and I need some more, I'll go buy it. But <laughs> in this moment, I felt like God was telling me this. So I, I poured it all out and here, here, I got a freebie. I didn't realize that my cigarettes were connected to my smoke and the cigarettes went too. And there was, there was a, there was a beginning of the victory. God said, yeah, throw it out, throw it out. Like you're not going to do it again. And then the temptation would hit me, but it wasn't right there. And God said, now don't go to the liquor store no more. Don't even go buy gum at the liquor store. You got to go somewhere that don't have liquor to buy gum. Um, <laughs> Then don't go. Like, so here was the cooperative effort. God said, there's a part you play, Bill. You can't hang out with those friends. You don't need, you don't belong in those places. You don't need, you don't need to go to no event where they have alcohol. If it's a kid's party and they got beer in the back, you can't go. Right. That's for you right now. You need to avoid everywhere where they drank at. And that was what I could do. Then there was a part I could never do. I tried to quit alcohol so many times, so many New Year's Eves. I said, this is it. My last hoorah after New Year's Day, whew, and New Year's by noon, your boy was 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 I was I was on one already, you know. But I found in the Lord as I I walked, I threw it away like I'm never going back to it. I, I broke up with the friends like I was never going back to it. I didn't go to the thing like I was never going. And eventually, I found that I was walking in freedom from something I never even dreamed I could be free from. And I can't take the credit; it wasn't my strength. It was God's power, right? It was my choice, but it was God who provided the power. Amen? Amen. And I I share that as an encouragement because like God told these men, there was nothing they could do to cleanse themselves of leprosy. But Jesus said, now go, go show yourself to the priest. Go like, go and go in faith. And as they went, they experienced his healing. There are believers here today that you can't, you, you're not able to do all the things that God wants to do in your life because you got some sin that's and, and it's it's hindering you from being all that you could be. I want to call you today to walk, be, behave today 
Like that, that, that thing is over with. It might be a relationship, break up. Break up, close the door. The, the, day I, the, the day I came here and I gave my life to the Lord, I got a mini sermonette about counting the cost and I was living with a girl that wasn't my wife and the guy said, are you going to marry her? And I'm like, no. He said, well then, you know, you, 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 you shouldn't continue to live. I'm telling y'all, I went home and I, I said, you know, I was making some changes and whatnot. It, the police had to come and a few other things, but... <laughs> That day, that was over with. I was, uh, I was single again. Later that night, after the cops left. <laughs> Whew, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll spare you the details, but it, it all began right there. And I'm, I'm, y'all are laughing, but there's some people in here today that are in relationships that God says, I, I, I've told you 10 times. Today, repent of it today. Leave them today. You might be with them. Move seats now. Make it, you know, if that's what you got to do to be the man and the woman that God is calling you to, to be, it's, it's, it's that serious. It's that, it, could, it could be one thing that's just holding you back from everything God wants. We want to be free. I want to I, I, I be free to be everything God wants me, me to be. I want everything God has for me. Amen. We, we serve a God that loves us. He's a good God. And anything God calls you from, you don't want it. And everything he's calling you to, you do want it. And so the more we would just obey him in faith, and that's what it takes to obey God, it takes faith. Because God is going to tell you to do things that you're going to know, I can't do it. And God's like, that's okay, I knew that when I told you to do it, right? But I called you to do it anyway. I'm going to call you to do what you can't do so that as you go, you're going to find that you need my strength and I'm going to make it available. And then when we do it together, you're going to be humble and you're going to give me the glory because you knew that you could not do this without me. Amen. And that's how God works in the life of the believer. And so God will take weak people otherwise, but he'll give them his power and do great things. And we can give him all the glory for what he's doing in and through our lives. Amen. Amen. So these guys are, are, are they obey in faith. All 10 of them go. And it says again, as they went. Uh, as they obeyed, as they walked, as they went where Jesus told them to go, they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, he glorified God. So, you, I, you know, you want to highlight one of them, right? God cleansed 10 lepers. He changed 10 lives, 10 people that were isolated, that were had a disease they were going to die of. They've all been cleansed of their leprosy, but one of them returned. Only one. One of them, it says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back. And, and I love how he came back, right? He came, he kept that same energy. He came back and says, with a loud voice, he came back. He should have come back with a loud voice. He had a lot to be thankful for, amen? It says, he came back, he returned, and with a loud voice, he glorified God. Note that he knew that Jesus was what? He glorified who? He glorified God. He came to Jesus. He glorified God. It says he fell down on his face at his feet. That is the posture of worship. Amen. That is saying, God, I'll get as low as I can to make you as, as big as you are in my life. It's the posture of worship. He gets on his face before the Lord and he's giving thanks. And he, he's, he's thankful to God for what he has done. And again, rightly so. And it adds at the very end that he was a Samaritan. Now, this would have been kind of a, a, a poke to all the Jews around because Jews and Samaritans, 
didn't get along. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Jews were a little uppity, you know. They had the rules, the laws, the religion, and everything else, and they didn't like the Samaritans. So, so to see that in Jesus' story, the one guy that does the right thing is a Samaritan kind of make you feel some kind of way if you was a religious Jew. Um, you know, that, that it would, it would have rubbed them. And, and I think that Jesus did that on purpose. Um, it, it rubbed them, it rubbed you how it rubbed you. Uh, how you know, if you got some racism in you, how you feel about other people when we speak well of them, if it bothers you, you better knock it off. Amen. Jesus loves everybody. So die for everybody. You're going to be in heaven with some of everybody. So you better get used to everybody. Amen. Amen. So a couple things here, right? Oftentimes when we get what we want from the Lord, people forget about them until the next trial. Uh, as a pastor, I see it often. Somebody's battling through something, cancer. Oh, they, they're there every day, every service, every prayer meeting, every gathering. God does it. Oh, praise God. He all been. And then they go MIA. and won't see him for three years. And then they don't come back till it comes back. And I said, man, you, you might have cancer, so you come to, that's what it's going to take for you to be in service, you know. Um, that's a shame, right? We shouldn't need, a, it, it shouldn't have to be some, some, some dire thing. I don't just need God for health and, and physical malady and things. I need God every day, amen? I need to continue to grow in my relationship. So we don't want to treat God like, like a 911 call. Um, I want, we want a different relationship. Everybody here in this room, you don't call 911 regularly, do you? I hope you don't. <laughs> if you do, you come for prayer today. We, we, we're going to pray you right, right? <laughs> but most folks, we don't call 911. It's not on your speed dial. You know, it's not a regular call that you make. It's something you make when an emergency happens. Um, but there are calls that you got on your thing every day, right? If I go to my, my quick dials, I got my wife at the top of my list, my little chocolate piece, you know what I mean? My honey, my honey boo right there. I got my wife, I got my kids, I got a, a few people that, that I deal with on a regular basis. These, these guys are all right there because I talk to them all the time. I need that relationship with the Lord all the time, every day. I, we, 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 it, don't, it, don't, it don't need to be a special day. It don't need to be a tragic day. Any day is a good day for me to be talking to the Lord and, and, and communing with him and interacting with him. And so we want to be careful about being like the nine. Uh, didn't make their way back. They, they came to Jesus for what they perceived that, that was their greatest need. They perceived that their greatest need was to be healed of leprosy. And when they got it, they were gone. This guy got healed too, but he said, ah, I got to get back there. I got to get back. I got to give him glory. I got to glorify God. I got to get back. And he went back and he laid on his face and he poured out his heart and worship to the Lord. And again, rightly so. Right, it's right that he did this. It's right that, that he came back. And it says he was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. Um, I thought this was cool, right? A Samaritan to the Jews, he's an outsider. But he's an outsider with inside information. He's a, he's a Samaritan, but he knew where to go. He, he knew how he knew he, he knew to go to the priest when you get declared healed of leprosy. That was that was information that was given to the Jews in Leviticus. But this outsider, he's got infi, inside information. The the only way that this Samaritan man was around these other Jews is because they all had they were all outcasts with uh with, with leprosy. The same men that that were with him, they wouldn't even have been together outside of leprosy. And it's amazing how you know sometimes something like that can bring together. 
people that are unlikely people. They've all, they're all, since y'all are all outcasts, they, they come together, right? Because none of y'all can be with anybody else anyway. Um, and I thought this was interesting. So the, the, other than him having leprosy, he would not have been around these other people. But he was. That's, that's where he ended up at. And he got healed. And he came back. And he glorified God. Where were the folks that grew up with the scriptures? Why aren't they back? They know better. Amen? They should have been the first ones to come back and give glory to God, but they're not there. And so we want to be careful, church, about being religious. Maybe you grew up in church. And um, those, sometimes those are the worst kind of people. You look at somebody with a toe-up life and you start trying to share, oh, I've been in church my whole life. No evidence. No, no evidence at all. It's like seeing somebody fat that say, boy, I go to the gym every day. <laughs> To do what? <laughs> what do you do at the gym when you go every day? Because I, I don't see the proof, you know? So, <laughs> so you don't want to be that person that's saying, I've been in church my whole life. But when we see you out there, we're saying, this is, I, I, I can't tell, sir, ma'am. I, there is no evidence that you grew up, that you, that you go, that you know any of this information right now. Um, don't be that person, amen? Because it's a shame. It's, it's a shame when you know, but, you, but there's no, you, you have no benefit. And they're going to be, hell is full of people that knew the gospel, y'all. Church is, I'm sorry, not church. Hell is full of church folk. Hell is full of people that heard the message, knew the verses, could quote it to you, read it backwards and forwards. The problem was it was never applied in faith. And so, what you know about God and what you know from God must be applied in faith in your life for it to benefit you in any way. Knowing is part of the, part of the issue, but you got to know and then you got to do what God has told you to do. Amen. And so this guy came back, he worshiped and Jesus asked him a question. It says in verse 17, and Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are they? Jesus had an expectation that everybody would come back and give thanks. And I believe that when we get born again and when we get our sins forgiven, that Jesus has an expectation that all those that he's cleansed and forgiven are going to come back and give him glory as he rightly deserves. He had an expectation that everybody was going to come back, but only one guy came back to give him thanks. I find this interesting. As you go through your Bible, God does not need anything. Amen. He, he's a, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver, all the gold. The, there's, only a, there's only a few things that God doesn't have by default. And they all relate to us in our hearts. And there's only, you know, I found two places in the scripture where God is looking for something. Right? He's looking for, and what he's looking for is, is us. He's looking for loyal hearts and he's looking for true worship. If you want to write these verses down, write down 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And it's as though God is just, just spanning the earth. Say, I'm looking for, I'm looking for loyal hearts. I'm looking for those hearts that are devoted to me, loyal to me, that I can show myself strong on their behalf. And if God is going to pass by Calvary Chapel South Bay today, I wonder, will he find some loyal hearts? Some people that on, on whose behalf he can show himself strong in their life. Guys, I'm looking for it. Some loyal hearts. 
some devoted hearts, some people that are faithful to me like I'm faithful to them. We want to be loyal to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number two, John 4, 23, as he was speaking to the woman at the well, Jesus says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. The idea here, God, I'm looking for those that are worshiping me for real. You know, you can worship for fake. Amen. How you do that? Just, just saying the words without even thinking about what you're saying. Just worshiping for fake. Um, gosh, I'm looking for those that are really worshiping me. Those that are there, they're engaged, not just singing songs. You know, worship is the, 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 the greatest form of worship is obedience. God, I choose you over my flesh. I choose you over what I want to do. I'm, I'm obeying you over. I, 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 that's, that's the greatest form of worship to say, God, despite how I feel, what I think, I want to do what you want me to do. Um, your obedience is your greatest worship to the Lord. And so now it says that, you know, Jesus said nobody else returned and he added um, to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he points out again that this man was a Samaritan. Um, And again, that the Samaritan was traveling with Jewish lepers in this area uh, between Samaria and Galilee. It also, um, it illustrates or shows us the extremity of of lepers outcast status. It, It erases all other social distinctions. But here this guy is on his face before the Lord. He's going to receive something that everybody else needed, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily want it. They didn't know they needed it. Look at what Jesus says in verse 19. It says, and he said to him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I want you to think about something. He was already healed, right? So when Jesus says here, your faith has made you well, you go look up the word well here. Um, this man has received, he had already received a physical healing from the Lord. But now Jesus says, no, your faith has made you well. This is spiritual. This man has come back and received salvation. And I want you to think about this because if you got an illness in your body, you might think that your greatest need is to be healed of your illness. But if you're not born again, you don't have a greater need in your life than that you would have your sins forgiven. Amen. That you would be reconciled to God. And so um, oftentimes as, as a church or a pastor, you're praying for people and they're praying for families. And pray for my niece. She's, you know, this is going on. Pray for my cousin. They, they got this, this illness. And I'm like, are they born again? Because maybe God is using that to break them and to cause them to look up and to think about eternity and think about death that they might receive what they really need. Because a healing from cancer, we all would want it for anybody who got it. But if you're going to get healed and just die and go to hell, that ain't, that ain't what we want. Amen. Um, I, we need to be born again. And so there's a difference between, a, I, I got to know what I really need. What I really need from God is salvation. I really need from God to have my sins forgiven. I really need for, for God to, to wash away my sins so that when I die and I stand before God, I, I'm accepted in his sight. Amen. Because nobody can do this in their own strength. Nobody can make their way on their own. And so Jesus says, your faith has made you well. And this suggests that while the nine were cleansed of leprosy, the tenth was also saved from his sins. Right? And so the spiritual and the eternal salvation granted uh, immediately by God to those who believe in Christ. That's what that word well means. It's, it's uh, the spiritual and the eternal salvation granted immediately by God to those who believe in Christ. The other lepers, they had whole bodies, but they had sick hearts. They got what they wanted, but not what they needed from the Lord. This guy got a whole body, 
and a whole heart. Amen? He got what he initially wanted, and he also got what he most desperately needed, salvation. And I find that God is so good that sometimes God will meet people with what they want in order to be able to share with them what they really need. And you see that through the Gospels as God healed the blind man in John 9. And, and then that man went from, he was blind, but eventually as he got his sight back, he also came to believe. And so sometimes God will meet you with, with a want in order to meet you with what you really need. He's showing you who he is in your life. And so I want to I remind us again of our issue. As these guys' issue was leprosy, our issue is sin. And there's nothing we can do in our own strength to deal with our sin problem. Amen. We need God's help. And so I want to do something for us. I want to, I got, uh, I got six verses that deal with um, sin in the life. And I want to, I want to, I want everybody here to consider this, right? In this room right now, they're either believers or unbelievers. Only two types of people. Those that know the Lord right now and those that need to know him today. Um, and so if you're here, you know the Lord. Uh, I'm a, this, these verses are describing your life before Christ. If you're here and you've not yet committed your, your heart and your life to Jesus, these verses are describing where you are right now, where sin leaves you before a holy God. And this is so important because everybody in this room is going to come face to face with the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed to man once to die. And after this, the judgment, you're going to live one life. You're going to die one death and you're going to find yourself before the Lord of glory. And only one thing is going to matter when you get there is what did you do with Jesus? That's it. That's all that matters. That's the most important thing that's going to happen in this life is what you do concerning Jesus. So let me tell you the problem with sins. Six things. Number one, uh, before we come to know Christ, the Bible says we're all sinners. Romans 3.23, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? We're all sinners. That's our status before God. Number two, Ephesians 2.1, that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. That everybody before you meet the Lord, you are spiritually dead. Even though you're physically alive, you're spiritually dead. Number three, we're separated from God by our sins. Isaiah 59, one and two, right? His hand is not short that it can't save. His ears not heavy that it can't hear, but your sins separate between you and your God so that he won't hear you. Second Corinthians four, four, the God of this age, Satan has blinded some that they don't even see their need for the Lord. We are spiritually blind before we come to Christ. Number five, Satan is your daddy. John 8, 44, Jesus said to a group of religious Jews, you were of your father, the devil. And, um, and, and I didn't know that when I wasn't saved. If you'd have told me Satan was my daddy, I would have, you might've got punched. Um, so I don't, I don't worship the devil. I didn't know devil stuff, but if God is not your father, which comes through Jesus Christ, then Satan is your spiritual covering. Satan is your daddy. Uh, last six and final, you have a spiritual death sentence hanging over there. If you've not given your life to Christ, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. What hangs over your head is a spiritual death sentence. It's dying without Christ and being eternally separated from God. And again, there's nothing you can do to fix this. There's nothing you can do in your own strength to deal with your sin problem. But just like these lepers, there is nothing that they can do to deal with their leprosy except cry out to Jesus. And there's nothing you can do about your sin except cry out to Jesus. He is the one that is able to forgive. He is the one that's able to save. And he's, that's what he came to do. Amen. He came to save. He came to forgive. He came to cleanse. And so like them, uh, we need to throw ourselves at the mercy of Jesus. uh, The only one that can cleanse us of our sins. Um, It can only be washed away by the blood of Christ. I need a touch from God. And some of us have experienced that. 
and we've been walking with the Lord, and I would encourage you to pray for those who have not. Uh, and I want everybody to remember, there, there's, it doesn't matter what your li- what's, what's happening in your life, your school, your work, your job, your marriage status, your single, your ma- nothing. When you die, one thing is going to matter. What did you do with Jesus? And I want everybody to take a moment in silence and consider that. What have you done with Jesus? Because they got two options. You have received him as Lord or you have rejected him as Lord as of yet. And there are some people that have verbally received him as Lord, but your lifestyle don't say that he's the Lord. And Jesus said this, don't, why you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do. You lying. If he's the Lord, then you do what he tells you to do. He's the master. If he's not the Lord, you're doing what you want to do. And that's how you, I just want to make it simple for you. So how do you know if Jesus is Lord? What are you doing? Overall, not, 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 not with perfection. Nobody is obeying him with perfection. But as a, as a code of life, are you walking with the Lord? Is that, is, that, is, that the, is that the way of life for you? Or you kind of do what you want to do. And you, you're here to get clean real quick. Jesus wants to be Lord of, of not just Sunday morning. He wants to be Lord of Monday through Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. And Sunday too. He wants to be Lord of all. Amen. He didn't die on the cross to be, to to, to have most of you. He died and rose again to have all of you. He purchased all of you with his blood. And so, amen. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. Um, He obeyed where, where we fall short of obedience. He died in our place. And the Bible says on the third day, he rose from the grave and conquered sin, death, and Satan. And now he welcomes you to come and be forgiven. And just like these men who were, who who saw him and believed that he was able and he was, they believed that he would and he did. And they cried out in faith and he healed. Um, For salvation, it's the same way. For those who know that he's the only one that can save, for those who believe that, that there's salvation through no other name except Jesus Christ, which is what the Bible says, Acts 4.12, and that will cry out to him in faith, God will forgive you, God will receive you. Jesus doesn't turn anybody down, but people turn him down every day. Amen? And, and here's the beautiful thing, right? When you give your life to Christ, your status will change, right? That list of six things, instead of being a sinner, you'll be a saint, Instead of, being, instead of being spiritually dead, you'll be spiritually alive. Instead of being separated, you will be reconciled. Instead of being spiritually blind, you will have spiritual sight. Instead of Satan being your daddy, God will be your heavenly father. You will be adopted into the family of God. And instead of having a, amen. And instead of having a spiritual death sentence hanging overhead, you will have the hope of everlasting life that only comes through Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to come back out. And I want everybody to to consider in your hearts where you stand. And if you need from God in in any area, right, maybe you're here and and there's some some area of life where you're 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 a believer. But you're saying, man, I need I I have a serious request from the Lord. We want to take a moment and pray for those things this morning. But also, if we're here and we're saying, man, I I want to take hold of everything that Jesus has made available. I want my sins forgiven. I want that. I want that exchange. I want to. I want to go from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. Uh, we want to invite you into the family of God this morning. Amen. It's available to you. Romans ten thirteen. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Let's pray, you guys. Father, we thank you for your word. 
we thank you, Lord, for meeting us in this place, for speaking us, speaking to us as only you can. And God, I pray you would move in our midst now. I pray for believers and unbelievers. God, as believers, there are many of us that we still need power and strength and uh, we need change. We still need help from you in many areas of our life. And I pray for those that are here, that they, they have things that are heavy on their hearts, God, that they're, they're looking for you. They know you're the only one that can help. God, I pray that as, as we cry out to you this morning, God, that we would be heard by you. We learned in the study, God, we cry out to you. you. You see us and you're not too busy and you care and you can. There's nothing you can't do, Lord. I pray, God, that you would stir up the faith of those that, that are needing and believing you for miraculous things this morning. God, draw them out that they might cry out to you with the things that are needed. God, I pray even more for those that are here that, um, God, they're, by your mercy, by your grace, they're in this place this morning. They're listening and they need your forgiveness in their lives. God, they need to be forgiven of their sins. They need to be reconciled in their relationship with you. And you want to begin a fresh thing in their heart and their life today. God, I pray you would draw them to yourself as only you can. God, I pray that you would by your spirit draw to yourself those that are needing to be cleansed, needing to be forgiven. And our Lord, that you would have your way in, in hearts and lives. And I want to give just a moment, you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to ask that if there are those that are here this morning and God is speaking to your heart. I'm going to, I want to ask you to be bold. As these guys were bold and yelling out to the Lord, they were bold and saying, God, I need from you, Jesus. And they weren't ashamed to cry out, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. I want to invite you to be bold and courageous and just stand up. If you're here and you're needing what we're talking about this morning, uh, I want you to stand up. I, I, I want this. I hope this is a place where if, if anywhere in the world you could you could be unashamed to stand up and say, I need to receive what Jesus is offering. This is that place. Amen. And so we want to give a moment. I want to give some time, but I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet. If God is speaking to your heart, if God has spoken to your heart right now, wherever you are, go ahead and stand up to your feet. Amen. There's no shame. There's no shame. Stand up. Stand up. Amen. Amen. Here's a beautiful thing. Even as it's a battle to, to stand up and do this, you guys, this is what is this is the beginning of what it's gonna look like. This is this is oh you're overcoming already. And just saying, you know what, I'm 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 professing publicly my need for him. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys to do that. Go ahead and stand up to your feet. I want to pray with you and for you. I'm going to ask that you guys that have been bold enough to stand, if you guys would also walk down here to us. Come down. Come down to us. Come on down. Amen. 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 Yes. Jesus. I want to pray. I want to pray just over you guys right now. Just um, stand with me. Father, we come before you right now. God, you know each person here. You love them so much. You love us all so much. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He was buried and three days later he rose from the grave and conquered sin, death, and Satan. And God, as you've moved on these hearts, God, that they would respond to your call upon them this morning. God, I pray you would meet them here. God, as they've taken this step of faith that they publicly acknowledge and they need from you, Lord. God, I pray you would meet them as well. God, I pray you would honor their faith, Lord, their obedience to surrender to you this morning. God, I pray you would 
where, where forgiveness of sins is needed. God, we thank you for the blood of your son that is able to wash us and cleanse us and renew us, Lord. God, I pray for the work of your spirit in these lives. God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit as only you can, that you would give strength in place of weakness. God, I pray that uh, th- th- this would be for each person here. This would be the, the mark. They could mark this date on a calendar, that this would be the mark of a new beginning in their life, in their walk, and in their relationship with you. God, you know every need. Your word says you know the things that we have need of even before we ask you. So God, you know each struggle, you know each challenge, you know those that have specific needs. God, I pray you would meet every need according to your riches and your glory in Christ Jesus. God, I pray your blessing over these. I pray, God, as they turn from whatever they've turned from, to turn to you. That like your word says, as we were repent and turn to you, God, that there would be times of refreshing that would come from the presence of the Lord. God, may they experience that in you beginning even now. We lift them up to you, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.